Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. Yo, what's good, my podcast friends? It is Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio, where we take it from the YouTube live stream, where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships, and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. This episode is brought to you by Bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, where you guys can get your day game sorted, action guide there, pair it up with a 30-day challenge, and you'll be sweet. Also, booking one-on-one Skype coaching, dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create actual change in your life. Ongoing packages are available for those that wish to join the bowl inside, which get the perks of priority messaging and priority session bookings, and of course, those day game foundational boot camps, where you guys can have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set, create the freedom of choice in your dating life, and no longer be scared of what it means to go up to an attractive woman wherever you are, whenever you are, and be able to bring the best of your 50. If you guys would like to donate to this pod to support what's going on here, you can do so through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name, Adam Ui. And anything you donate is tremendously appreciated. I'm extremely humbled and grateful. Thank you so much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. The topic we're talking about today was a question from one of my clients that was sent uh, almost a month ago. And it's something that I didn't directly... Uh, addressed with him because I knew that we were going to be doing uh, some, something deep. I was going to either do a full podcast on this or I was in fact going to just hit it up for the Q&A live. So that's what we're doing today. So not using names, but I'm just calling A. One of my clients, A, said to me on uh, direct line through WhatsApp saying, Adam, what are your thoughts on having sex with a prostitute just to get some sort of satisfaction? Haven't had sex in over three years. Do you think that would be beneficial for me? And I said just at the beginning before, but for those of you that are just coming into the live stream or you just listened in now, since I guess the main content starts now, uh, this is very similar to my journey. You know, a lot of people, and I'm just kind of honey dicky from the beginning. You know, there's a lot of, there's, I have, there's two ways I would think about this. There's two ways I think about prostitution in general. And so we've got really two topics. It's almost kind of two topics, but the overall branch or the overall tree is what to do if you have not had sex in a very long time. And there's going to be straight tactics on that. That's probably where the main content will wrap up, just a straight tactical plan. But there's also the whole debate about prostitution and whether, you know, ethics and that type of stuff. So, but let me just start by saying that this is very similar to my journey. When he says that he hasn't had sex in over three years, yo, shucks, welcome in. That's my journey. That's 100% my journey in which that when I was from 17 to 19, getting to the cold approach journey, no day twos, no lays, no relationships in two years, which means I hadn't, didn't have sex in two years. So this guy is asking me about, well, I haven't had sex in over three years. So it's a little bit more pushed out than my journey. But that's why I can relate so big time to this. And this is, I guess, now where I'll draw my lines. This is where I draw my lines as to when he's asking me, is it okay to go see a prostitute just to get some sort of satisfaction? That's actually a whole different question. But this common topic breaks down to two things. It's either, are you using it for therapy or are you using it because you're giving in? Are you going to see a prostitute because you've been in pickup, you've been in cold approach, whatever, or maybe you haven't even been in any of those things. You haven't even had the balls to even go out and try that. And you just, for some reason, feel like, I'm going to give up on life. You just decide, I'm just going to give up on life. It's almost that kind of mindset. It's a resignation. It's a caving. It's a breaking down along the journey. So if it's that... You either fit into that camp or you fit into the camp of actual therapy, using sex therapy, which is a very different thing. And so I'll start with that, actually. I'll start with sex therapy, which is, in my mind, 
the only time that I would deem that it's okay for someone who's either in the cold approach journey or has an actual disability because that's what, if you break down that way, using uh, prostitution for therapy, there's a scale for it. So you got on the far left, the hardest of all hardest cases on that scale is people with actual disabilities, people like quadriplegics, people that are in wheelchairs. And actually, I was just having a discussion with my mom with this the other night. She brought this up, which I didn't even know about, and I thought it would be amazing to bring up on uh, today's live Q&A session. By the way, for those of you that are just joining in, go ahead and drop a thumbs up on this uh, video. It gets it sent out, gets the algorithm going on YouTube. And uh, yeah, so she sent me this this news article on abc.net.au of a woman with a disability wins the NDIS funding for sex therapist in precedent-setting case. And I thought I'd bring this up just quickly, which is this is what I'm talking about, that for those that don't know what the NDIS is, which I sure as fuck didn't either, it's the National Disability Insurance Scheme. And sex therapy was not previously covered underneath that, but for this lady who has multiple sclerosis, she needs... uh, she gets a sex therapist to come see her a couple times a week to relieve that tension, relieve that pressure. But now for the first time ever, it's being covered down here in Australia, at least, under the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So the reason why I bring up that case study is because that's what I'm talking about, that that's actual therapy, which I have no issues with, have no problems with. And there's a scale towards that because you might not necessarily be uh, disabled, like that kind of disabled, physically disabled, but if we look at what the word disabled means, disable, unable to do. And so when I look at guys that are in the cold approach journey that are thinking about using a prostitute because they have sex in a really long time, there is definitely a case to be made. There's definitely a percentage. It's albeit a very small percentage of guys that would fit into that group in which that I would give them the green light that yes, you probably need to go see a prostitute. And this is where we're going to get the hardcore stories here. I've got a couple of stories for you guys today. So in my time, in my time over the last eight to nine years, I can only think of probably three cases, three cases in which I've given the green light. One specifically, one specifically, and two others that I haven't had a direct conversation with, but I would give them the green light. But one specifically that I've given the green light in eight to nine years of where I deemed for him after working intensively within him, uh, many, many days, many days, this was back in the day as well, this is before I was even really, I think I just began uh, professional coaching, but it was well before professional coaching as well. And I just see this guy come up through the journey, going out there, meeting girls in the day, going out there at night. And he was the only one to this day, I still have not met a guy, maybe barring two others, that I could really say, listen, you probably need to go see a prostitute or it would be okay. Even if not, you probably should because we're going to get to the uh, the game plan for someone who hasn't had sex in a really long time as to what I would recommend they do, which will come, don't worry. You know, we'll keep this uh, cat tactical, keep this at the 20-minute pod. But this is the only guy I could think of where I would say that that would not be such a bad thing. Now, why? Why is this the case? Now, I've got to be really careful with details and names here because I need to resume uh not resume. I need to reserve privacy. But for this dude, I'm not even going to mention the city because those in the city will probably know who I'm talking about. He knows who he is. Though, but So his desire for sex was so deeply entrenched that it was manifesting in subconscious ways that he had no conscious control over. He had no conscious control over the fact that when he was standing in front of a woman, 
cold approach, day game approach, when he was standing in front of this woman, and he put in so much work, and this is part of the, like, part of the, uh, the game plan, part of the tactics will, as you see, come in uh, organically here, but when I would sit there, and I'd stand there in the mall, and I'd watch him do his approaches, and I'd listen in, what I'd notice is that if you imagine, for those of you that are just listening to this on audio, just imagine I'm using my hands to indicate two people here. You've got the woman, you've got the man, this guy I'm talking about. And if you've got two people standing upright, he was always leaning in just by like 10 to 15 degrees. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot. Like just what? He's just slightly leaning in towards the woman. But if you were to watch this again and again and again and again, and you see what this does to the interaction with the woman, what is that saying? And what we notice is that, you know, he could never figure it out for the life of him. He's, well, not that bit, but he could come back to me and just interactions seem to be going well, but they'll never go anywhere. The clothes would never come. And he's putting in so much work going out almost every day for a very long time and a lot of nights of us as well. And just could never could never progress to the close and girls were always leaving the interactions with him with this I could feel it it felt icky it felt it felt like they felt put off for some reason and it wasn't until that I was able to stand there and just watch his interactions look at his interactions and notice how he was leaning in towards the girl like and it was becoming more and more obvious and I'll say hey listen do you realize that when you go and approach a girl you're leaning in towards her like you don't, if anything, if you watch myself, if you watch some of my other wings, we sit back, we sit back on our hip to show our comfortability, to show our non-attachment, to show our detachment from needing her, from needing her validation, from needing her response, from needing this to go well. But with you, it's the complete opposite. It's like, you need this so bad. Why do you think this is? And when he, when he sent him back with that, and we, I remember we're having a couple nights on, a couple nights of him just in one of our mate's apartments. And we're really thinking about it. And what I noticed with this one dude in particular, the only dude I've given the green light that, yes, a prostitute at this stage will probably be helpful, was because he was so obsessed with sex, so obsessed with sex to the point where it was manifesting in, without his ability to control it, in which that he was needing this interaction to work out so well. He was needing this girl to not only validate him in that moment of the interaction, but for that to lead on to further sexual validation and just to finally get the sex. I don't think he was a vir- No, he was. He was. That's right. He was a virgin. He was a virgin at the time as well. So that just like compound, compound. It's a bit of a different story for guys that maybe aren't virgins. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit moving forward a little bit later on. But he was a virgin at the time. I do remember. He maybe just maybe had a wristy every, every now and again, but maybe it's up, well, I don't sure, but definitely had not. Uh, done the full the full shablam. So when we're talking about it, so anyways, come back here. He's so obsessed with sex, and at this point, when you're going out every single day, I'm saying at least for six months. I'm saying if not every single day for six months, at least five out of seven. Some weeks, definitely seven days out of the seven, but at least at a minimum five days out of seven, and a lot of nights as well. And over a very prolonged period of time, and you still just, if anything, it's making it worse. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about you actually need to use a sex therapist when sex can then become as a therapy because it's no longer just you not willing to do the work. And that's the other side of this. If you're not willing to do the work, that's when I'm not going to give you the green light to go ahead and see a prostitute because you only feel worse. That'll only, that'll, that'll degrade you. That will, 
that will force you to into a position of which that you actually start to hate yourself and that's where my if you look at my journey which i'll come i'll probably wrap this up with imagine if i'd gone and seen a prostitute even after two years of no sex the day before i decided to go do that 30 challenge 30 day challenge it completely changed my life and we'll get to more of that in a second i can't believe also i wasn't close to it but imagine if i had done that i would have i wouldn't be sitting here that's for sure so anyways bringing it back here we sat down i was talking with this guy I'm saying, listen, it's, it's been like uh, six months or so. You're still a virgin. It's manifesting in subconscious ways. And he was asking me, and I remember, just to fast forward the story here, I remember at a certain point, a bunch of the other guys in our group getting together and saying, listen, maybe we should all just just go with him. Like, just just take him, take him to a prostitute and just, you know, with the moral support, not like physically be there watching at the same time, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, give him the support. Because this is no longer just a case of, like, we run the experiment. And you guys have heard me say this before. Once you've had time to run the experiment, you do the work, you get out there day after day, night after night. And if this got to the point where you are manifesting subconscious behaviors that turn the woman off, which no one would want to be with you because you're so needy, so attached, so seeking the validation, because you just want the sex, you need the sex so bad, then you've got to take further measures. You've got to go into the therapy side now. And so... Let me take a pause here and say that is prostitution the number one? It, whether it's the number one or not, it's never my first port of call. It's never the first thing that I say. What I say is that they, you want to do absolutely everything that you can prior to that because it's it's like uh, it's like uh, pharmaceuticals. You want to do everything as naturally and holistically possible to be able to cure whatever migraine you've got before you go and pop a pill. Like, try everything else before the prostitution is what I said to him. So in my mind, if I had a guy come to me today and I was able to work with him for quite some time, actually my client here, and my client here who said to me, who sent me this message on WhatsApp saying, is it okay for him to go see a prostitute just for sexual satisfaction because he hasn't had sex in three years? For him, I'm giving him a hard no. I'm given a red no because I know him. I've been working with him. And for him, it's not therapy. For him, it's not. And if he's listening to this, this is my answer straight to you, bro, which is that at your stage in the journey, you're just being weak, right? You're caving. You're breaking down along the journey and you're not willing to do the work. That's very different to someone who is at a point in their journey where they have no longer control over their subcommunicated behavior to the point where it's actually pushing girls away. That's where we get to the, ther the therapy side of it. So if you have to go down the therapy line, the first thing I would say is NLP. The first thing I'd say, so I guess we're going to bring this up to tactics right now. And uh, for those of you that are joining the live stream, uh, thank you for being here. Drop a thumbs up down below on the video if you're joining this so far. Help send it out to other people. Get your comment, get your questions ready. Uh, this content is probably going to be done up in the next 5-10 minutes. And we'll open up the Q&A after that, but let me ride because we're going hot here. So... So the first therapeutical thing I would say for someone who is thinking about the prostitution, thinking about, well, I haven't had sex in a very, very long time and I'm just, and I've done the work, I've done the work and the work is not producing the result that we've seen. Well, so actually I'm kind of skipping steps here. I'm kind of skipping steps because I'm trying to compartmentalize between therapy and breaking down. That's really the two ways I see this. So maybe I will do this and we'll kind of tie it all up at the end. But the first therapy, first therapy I'll say is NLP. Neuro-linguistic uh, programming, right? You need to go see someone that can dive into your subconscious with you that will put you into hypnosis. Now, for those of you that don't know anything about hypnosis, 
and I don't claim to be an expert either, but I have quite a few friends. One particular, one of my first mentors, it wasn't my first mentor, but he was my first spiritual mentor that sent me down the path of uh, self-help and self-development for sure, introduced me to the Tao. Uh, I've mentioned him many times in many potters. Shout out to Paul, Paul Lissio from Evolve Body and Mind Coaching. And he's, uh, he's uh, in my podcast with Ben, uh, if you were to see a dual podcast I did with Benjamin Morden. He's a, he was a mentor to Ben as well because we all started at the same gym when we were PTs. And, uh, and, and Paul's a bit of a, uh, we call him the wise man on top of the hill. The wise man on top of the hill. But no, he runs his own business uh, teaching other people NLP. So I would go to him. I wouldn't go to someone. I wouldn't go to one of Paul's uh, students. Not saying that they wouldn't do an adequate job. All I'm saying is that if you're at the stage where you've put in six to 12 months of hardcore hardcore work on your cold approach journey and it's at the point now where you've worked with a coach and they've been able to ascertain for you and clearly state that listen it doesn't matter how much work you do it seems that it's so subconsciously entrenched your obsession for sex that is actually pushing these girls away at this point and you have no control over it then and you get that clarity you get that clarity then i would go to the very best nlp practitioner that you could find who's going to put you in hypnosis and is going to work with you at a very expensive rate you should not go to someone who's cheap. You should go to the very best of the best and you work with them and they're going to put you under hypnosis for an hour or so and dive into your subconscious and go through timeline therapy and go through anchoring and go through, which actually is interesting because it's a lot of what I do in my own uh, coaching, but I just don't label it that. And actually when I've worked with or when I sit around talking with other NLP coaches and whatnot, they often say to me, like, Adam, do you realize you're using NLP? I'm like, I don't realize, but it's just, it's just how it goes. It's just, it's just what I've... Uh, I guess how my mind works anyway. But so you're going to work with someone like this and you do that first. You would have someone help you to try and dive into your subconscious patterns, your subcommunicate behavior. And then I'll go back out for another month and then I'll try that. And then if that didn't work, there's still one step prior to using prostitution that I would entertain, that I would encourage, which is a psychedelic trip. Not that I need to fully disclose here that I've never taken any form of psychedelics external psychedelics i'll say external psychedelics because i've definitely reached uh states states of consciousness that have been that are very akin and very alike to psychedelic trips that other people describe uh, through meditation through uh you know things such as astral projection and also not even just astral projection but just when you get into such a deep meditation that you lose complete all sense of self and you feel like you've been transported into a different realm so to speak I've gone to that place many times of meditation, but anyways, moving forward, I've definitely never, t- I've never done mushrooms, I've never done MDMA, I've never done psilocybin, never done ayahuasca, none of that type of stuff. However, from the stories I've heard, from the accounts I've heard, from the material I've read, which I've read a lot of, listened to a lot of podcasts from High Level Minds, uh, Rick Strassman, uh, The Spirit Molecule, DMT, great book right there. Uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast, uh, who, who did he have recently? Michael Pollan, their discussion on psychedelics being used to treat uh, PTSD, etc. So I've done a lot of research in this area and I would encourage someone who is struggling with a sex obsession and hasn't had sex in a really long time to go down the path of a guided psychedelic trip. Whether that means you take yourself into the deep Amazonian jungle, as I talked about in yesterday's Porto, and you know you spend 10 days in the 99% humidity and you get taken through Mother's Elixir and the ayahuasca trip, 
You know, I would do that first. If it was me, I would do that first before going to prostitution. And this is not, and I will, we will tag more into what happens when the prostitution happens. It's not that I'm against prostitution. It's just that I'd rather you do every single thing you could before that, just so you know that you tried pretty much everything else. And then it doesn't seem like such a cave. Then it doesn't seem, then then you won't beat yourself up so much. You know what I'm saying? So, so I'll do that first, but it, just wrapping up the story with that guy before I don't, he didn't do any psychedelic trips and I think he did eventually go see a prostitute and, uh, and he was the only guy I've ever given the green light of all the hard cases I've seen of the hardest of the hardest cases. He's the only one I've given a green light to that. I've said, yes, I'm totally satisfied that you are no longer in the camp of just giving up on the journey. And so you're just going to see a prostitute. You're no longer in that camp, but you now actually are in the therapy camp in which that this is a disability. You are disabled. You are unable to convey the direct, congruent, authentic vibe I'm talking about, the best of your 50 through intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe. You are no longer able to do that in an interaction. I have I have checked this to the nth degree. I have double-checked, triple-checked months upon months of being in the field of this guy and being able to ascertain that no matter what this guy does, no matter what we try, he's always going to convey this subcommunicated need to this woman that I need sex from her and that is only going to push her away. So at this point, I give him a green light to go see a prostitute because it's now therapy at that point. So that's, I just wanted to provide clarity around that. At the beginning of this session right here, I just want to provide clarity of, you know, if you haven't had sex in a very long time, is it okay to go see a prostitute? It is okay if you have, if you have sought out, number one, if you've gone down the journey and put in the work and then sought out a sound mind in the form of a coach to ascertain whether it is now a subconscious thing that you have no control over, then I would say you're in the therapy side. So hopefully that clears that up. Hell yes. So I want to dive to the other side. I want to dive to the caving in. I just will take a pause here just to check out the live stream for a second. Holy shit, got a few questions coming in here. Got a few things coming here. So for those of you that are in the live stream right now, uh, thank you very much for being here. If you're enjoying this content, drop a thumbs up down below. I'd really appreciate it. If you're watching this in post, drop me a comment down below as well. And it helps out the stream, helps us uh, get in. And I will say here that we're about to wrap up this uh, the content of this session. Uh, I think we're I think we're about 70% through, I'd say. So start getting your questions ready because, of course, we'll have a whole hour of just straight Q&A. And that's going to be sick. And for those of you, just like always, uh, that would like to donate to the channel, the Super Chat option is available Uh if you would like to get your question boosted to the top, I put those to the top and of course dive much harder on those and all that proceed goes straight towards improving the runnings here at the bowl, straight back to the channel. So as I was saying before, and yes, by the way, I see all of you in the comments, but when I'm doing this content part of it, I'm just trying to try to keep my mind aligned here, but thank you for being here. I see you. I'll address it in a sec. So yes, moving to the other side now. I told you, I said at the beginning that this was almost my journey. This, when a client says to me here, Adam, what are your thoughts on having sex with a prostitute just to get some sort of satisfaction? Haven't had sex in over three years. Do you think that'd be beneficial for me? That's my journey almost. People don't realize, guys don't realize this because I guess I just don't talk about it that much. I spend so much time talking, uh, trying to help taking the focus off of myself that I rarely, it's I have to remind myself to kind of remind you guys about my journey, especially for new people as well. But for those that don't know, from 17 to 19, yeah, no day twos, no lays, no relationships, two years in the journey. Now, with a 30-day challenge, fixed all of that and then some. Right? When I did that 30-day challenge, after two years of just fucking around, 
fucking around, going out once or twice a week, able to go out and meet a girl on the day, get her a number, mm, flake, straight up flakes, it's not nearly enough. So romantic, complacent about where I was in the journey. Well, I'm just doing a little bit, so that should be enough. No, my ego is so wrapped up in it. And then finally, beanbag fucking moment I've always talked about when Matt called me up Friday night. And he's got that Call of Duty, got that pizza. He says, what about the 30-day charge? Have you heard, should we try this out? I'm like, well, nothing else is working at this point. Nothing else is working. I haven't had sex in the last two years. Nothing else is working. So we go out for 30 days in a row. First two weeks, absolute suck town. The straights suck. I feel like throwing up every single day that I'm going out. It's terrible. But I keep working through it. I'm seeing slow progression. And this is in tiny little Adelaide as well. And so, and then finally it starts to come through. Two weeks in, I get my first date. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but if you've been through two years in this journey with no day twos from cold approach, and you finally get your first day two after 14 days of action, 15 days of action, that's insane. That blows your fucking mind. Now, of course, I completely bombed that day two. I didn't kiss the girl. I was so frozen, but I was still, it's still more than I'd done in the last two years. And this is just through getting my shit together, going out through every single day for the last 15 days. Progressed through to the end of the 30-day challenge. I finally had my first ever pool home, just bringing a woman home back to my place. Insane, blowing my fucking mind. Hadn't happened in the previous two years. Remember at this point, still no sex in two years. So that's incredible. Had my first ever lay from cold approach. At this point, no sex in two years. Now, through going out, I don't remember what day it was in the journey, in the challenge. It was somewhere closer towards maybe day 20, 20, 25 or something. I have to go back in the journal and look. But no, no sex in two years. And then I go out every single day for 17 days, 17, 20 days for a 30-day challenge. And all of a sudden, completely turn my life around there. Now, that right there blows my fucking mind. That's insane. And then finally, just to paint this up, to finish this story up, for those of you that are new, not only did that happen with one woman, but I repeated that for three new casual relationships. By the end of that 30-day challenge, I was seeing three different girls, all in sexually polarized relationships. Just to recap, and then hold up before the recap, and then after enjoying that for about a month and a half to two months, I then met what I refer to as my it girl, like my dream girl at the time. Shout out to Jay. And I settled down to a monogamous relationship for the next two years with her. All as a result of a 30-day challenge. Just to recap there, two years, from 17 to 19, no dates, no lays, no relationships. Fix my shit, being back fucking moment, 30-day challenge. Lay, day twos, casual relationship, monogamous relationship. Now, the reason why I paint this out so hardcore right now is because imagine if the night before Matt called me up and got me to get my shit together and get out on a 30-day challenge. Imagine if I had gone and seen a prostitute. Because I'm not that dissimilar. My story at that point is not so dissimilar to my client here who's saying that I haven't had sex in over three years. What do you think about seeing a prostitute just to get some sexual satisfaction? Uh, my story was not, I was not so far away from the same place that this guy's in right now. And imagine if, imagine if I'd caved. Imagine if I'd caved and said, well, fuck it. I've been in this journey for two years. It's just not working for me. And uh, fuck it, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to see a prostitute just to get the satisfaction. I would have fucking hated myself. I would have hated myself if I made that decision. I would not be sitting here right now. I for sure, I mean, we can never say for sure, but I would put hard money. I'd put the house's money on the fact that I probably wouldn't be a coach at this point. I would not have walked the journey that I walked. And I, I probably would have, I would have just regressed, continued to regress because I was not in the therapy camp. For those of you that are maybe joining in now, 
or if go back and watch the previous of this to get what I'm talking about more here. But I was definitely not in the therapy camp. I was not disabled. It was not that I was subcommunicating and I had unconscious control, no control of my unconscious behavior to the point where I was pushing women away because I was so obsessed with needing sex because I hadn't had sex in the previous two goddamn years. It wasn't that. It's because I just wasn't working fucking hard enough. I was only going out once a week, once every second week across two years. For anyone to think, for anyone on the scale of zero to 10, 10 being absolutely natural, zero being the hardcore case of all hard cases, I was around a five, five of that time. It's not enough. You can't go out once a week, once every second a week, and learn what it means to bring direct, congruent, authentic, to bring the best of your 50, direct and 10, eye, con- eye contact, vocal projection, body language, and vibe. It's not enough to be able to do that. You have to go out for an, an extended, immersive period of time. And so when I finally did that, and so that just shows me that my problem, where I can make the delineation between looking back on my journey, which is why I would, if older Adam was looking at younger Adam, 19-year-old Adam, and ninth, sorry, 17-year-old Adam came to 26-year-old Adam and said, hey, is it okay if I go see a prostitute because I haven't had sex in the last two years? I would say, no, hell no. Of course not. You're not disabled. You aren't unable to bring the best of your 50. You aren't unable to be able to bring a direct, congruent, authentic vibe to this woman. You just haven't put in the fucking work. You just haven't gone out there and drilled and drilled and gone out and learned what it meant to overcome your adversity and to walk this journey. So no, no, you don't get to see a prostitute. You know why? Because you're only going to hate yourself afterwards because you were not being given the green light that you are disabled, that you do not have the ability to do so. And so that's what I would have said to my younger self. Absolutely. And so when I take myself through the journey, and that's that's proof in the pudding now. Proof in the pudding now is that when I did do my 30-day challenge, did get my first lay through, repeated three times over, and then through a relationship that I then spent the next two years in, sent me down the path of wanting to teach other guys this shit because I felt that no other guy, no other person in this life should have to walk the same journey that I did. You can uh, you can wrap that up. You can you can you can take that home. You can bring it home to mama's side. that's what it is so for those of you listening right now is it okay if you go see a prostitute after not having sex for the last three years two years you're in a bit of a dry spell this is all you need to do number one straight tactics right here you need to go out on a 30-day challenge why we need to ascertain whether it is in fact a disability we need to ascertain whether you have actually are actually unable incapable incompetent at bringing a consciously directed skill set towards a woman that is devoid of attachment to sex. If you are unable to do that and it is subconsciously communicated, you have no control over it, then you have been put in the therapy camp. It is now a disability. I would then walk you through straight up NLP. I would see the best in your local city. I would I would go to the number one leading neurolinguistic program practitioner in your and work with him for probably about a month or so in combination with someone like myself who he can do the work of you to dive into your subconscious through timeline therapy, anchoring, etc. And then we'll get the tactical side from me to draw you up the program and oversee your 30-day challenge going out now underneath the guise of NLP. That would be number one if you're in the therapy side. Number two would be a psychedelic trip where I would go, I would, I would, instead of Doing a boot camp that costs several thousand dollars, I would spend that several thousand dollars on going to the Amazon jungle and going through a guided ayahuasca trip. I would do that next. Then I would see a prostitute after all that's been done. That's if you're on the therapy side. That's if you're disabled. If you're not on that side and you go through and you just have not done the work, 
You just haven't done the work. That's how I can say to my client. That's how I can say to my client right here. When he says to me, you know, is it okay for him just to have sex, uh, go see a prostitute just for some sort of satisfaction in his words because he hasn't had sex in over three years? Uh, no. No, it's not okay because I know you have not put the work in. You put in some work. If you're watching this right now, you put in some work, but not enough work. So that's just all you need to do. And then for those that have not put in the work, all you have to do is look at my journey. Go out for 30 days in a row. I do the 30-day challenge. I spoke about it in the, at the end of yesterday's potter. But for those of you that haven't seen it, the way that you run it is that you need to go and meet a minimum of five people a day and five sexually polarized direct intent interactions a day. Minimum of five does not include your warm-ups. You can do optimally 10. 10 is when you actually start to work on skill. First five is just getting your beak wet. No one fills themselves until they're about five in. So you're going to do that. You're going to do five to 10 per day. You're going to audio record all your interactions. No, it is not enough just to go back and think about those interactions in a journal. No, you need the objective recording to be able to break this shit down. So you go home every single night in your journal, Monday, day one. All right, interaction one, positive. What was good about that? Improvement to make. What would I improve next time? Based on the audio recording you just heard. Boom, every interaction, every interaction, every interaction across 30 days in a row. At the end of that, you will have a body of work that will show you whether it is starting towards, listen, for most of you, for most people, the average guy who's a five out of 10, if he did committed to that level of work over 30 days, he would see some pretty crazy shit go down and he would probably see that actually I don't need to go see a prostitute. But for those who are a little more hard case, what you'll see on the body of work is that we can start to see, hmm, are you starting to com- commit some subcommunicate? Are you starting to commit some subcommunicated behaviors? That's hard to say quickly. Uh, that are starting to push this girl away based on your neediness and obsession with sex. And then you can start to work with someone else. Then you could come to someone like me. But that's all you need to do off your own bat. Straight tactics. That's all you can do. You don't even need, you don't need to pay for anything. I just give you the straight hardcore advice that I'd give to all my clients. You know, you get it straight for free. Just get out there and do the goddamn work. All right? That's all I had to do. So, yes, what you should do after three, after no years of not having sex in a long time, do the fucking work. And the work will show you whether you need to go for therapy. So that's where we're going to wrap up the content side of this social Q&A live. Yes, sir. That was hot. So now we're going to dive into the live stream chat. We're going to go for these questions. And we'll just take a pause here and say that. For those of you that are in the live stream, thank you for being here. Drop a thumbs up on this video down below. I really appreciate that. Gets it sent out to more people. Helps out the YouTube algorithm. If you're watching this in post, drop me a comment down below. Let me know what you thought about how this is all going and... uh, if you're having a good time, <laughs> communicate with me. And so now what we do is that because we're very new to this, we're gonna do what time is it? How long how long did that go for? Fuck the sun. Oh shit, that was about a 30, that was a little bit longer than normal. That was about 35 minutes. So now uh, I go to peace out at 11.30. So we've got just under an hour for straight QA, which I'm gonna dive into these questions, whatever questions you guys have. And as you guys know, the super chat is available. So the super chat questions will get bumped to the top. I will spend much more time on them and I'll put them above all else within the next hour. And uh, we get through as many as we get through. And all those proceeds go straight towards this channel. And you pretty much, I, I view it as if you donate to the super chat, it's like putting your own brick in the Great Wall of China. It's put, it's, you can say that was my brick. That whatever you donate doesn't go to the green tea and chill. I'm about to have a girl later this afternoon. No, that brick or that money goes towards straight back to the channel. So that's what Super Chat is for. For those of you that are new to it, 
We've got plenty of questions here, so let's dive in. And also, if I, for some reason, happen to skip over your question, and it wasn't a, and it looks like I haven't gone through it because of a super chat, sometimes the questions just disappear in the YouTube thing, so you just repost it. Uh, let me, uh, let me, what the fuck's going on here? Try to just get this chat, get this chat, here we go. Okay, so we dive in. Infinite Paradox says, you welcome, Infinite. Uh, Shuck says, hi. This sun is this sun is burning me out. Give me a second. It's like hard to see my screen because of the glare. Give me a second. I'm brushing the dust. Okay, Mysteriously Kind says, hello. Hello to you. Ian, shout out to Ian. G'day, mate. Good to see you in Sydney, not in London. Nice smack. Welcome, my friend. Thank you very much for the donations again last week. Much appreciated. Uh, infinite paradox goes it could end up as an escape absolutely that's a great word that's a great fucking word yeah you could use you could start using prostitutes as an escape for sure if you are not in the disabled therapy end of the scale for sure mysteriously kind says i'm 15 is no fap different for me than it is for someone with more experience sweet question sweet question i do not mind this at all the reason why i don't mind this question is because we had a bit of a nofap kick this week i've had i put out from the last q a when uh fearless dan was in here uh he makes a lot of questions uh, a lot of content sorry around the nofap and there was a his question to me wasn't about nofap but i used nofap as an example about how being attached to the fap is just as bad as being attached to the nofap and vice versa so we had some questions on that and got a bit of uh, attention. So I'll, I'll love to answer this question. He's 15 years old. Is no fab different for me than it is for someone with more experience? I guess the first thing I would say, mysteriously kind, is what do you mean by more experience? Do you mean more life experience? Do you mean more experience sexually? Do you mean more experience within cold approach itself? Uh, I'll need more clarity on that to give a more hardline answer. But NoFap at 15 is very different to NoFap at 25 for sure, just based on why you would be doing it. It really comes down to the why. Why would a 15-year-old be doing NoFap? Uh, I remember when I was 16 years old, me and my friends fucked around with NoFap. It wasn't called NoFap at the time though. It was just called not jacking off. Right? I, we, it wasn't a community behind it. Uh, we didn't. The gram wasn't around at that time. Uh, YouTube was barely or just just getting its legs, and so. But we would do it just for the fun of it. Like we would do it just to see if we could. And then, uh, so I remember. Shout out to Nick uh, in Year Ten English. We uh, we challenged ourselves to do thirty days of in quotes no fat because we didn't call it that at the time. And we just did it for the fun of it. We weren't doing it because we were addicted to porn. We barely had access to porn. At that time, in order, that was the days of LimeWire. Shout out to those of you born in the 90s. That was when in order to download a pornographic video, you had to start that at 8 a.m. You would go to school and you'd come home and it still would not be downloaded. You have to wait till 8 a.m. 8 p.m. the next day. Like That was the time where internet was so slow that images were downloading. Images were downloading by pixels. <laughs> That's when we were. Shout out to Roy. That's when we were riding our bikes up to uh, riding our bikes to the news agency and constructing military operations to buy the latest FHM for him magazine, uh, which had some pictures of girls with bikinis. And they're like, "That's that's where we grew up." So our nofap was very different to a fifteen-year-old doing nofap today. Fifteen-year-olds today to hop on up on the gram and they can pretty. 
15-year-olds have access to pornographic material just on Instagram, way more than, way more sexualized than ever I ever had. So I'm sure there are different reasons. But yes, to answer your question here, I won't get too much longer-winded on this, but yes, it is, it's different for you based on why. If you have an addiction at 15 to porn, at 15, uh, that's, that's, if you're my son, if you're my younger brother at 15, I'm taking, um, I'm taking you off, not only am I taking you off social media in general and that type of stimulation, there's obviously been a misdirection in your boyhood development. There's, if you're addicted to that point, I would be overseeing, I would be taking you out to the mountains. I'd be taking you out, maybe not to the temple, but I'd be taking you out for an extended period of time into reconnecting and to take you through some tribal rituals. I'd be taking you through some rituals of learning what it means to get back to connected to being a man and back on the path of being a man. Because if you're a 15-year-old who's addicted to porn at 15, which I'm sure is the case for a lot of 15-year-olds, it just that it boggles my mind because I came from an age in which that porn was a... It was like a blue moon. It, it was like... It, it was like the rarest of the rarest things and that if you were the guy at school that had access to a 15 second clip of a 360p video of two people having sex you were selling that shit for five dollars a pop like you were the man so it's very it's like it boggles my mind but yeah. so if you got an addiction at 15 what i'd say is that just to help you out because that's what I'm saying. If you're doing NoFap at 15... Listen, if you're at 15 doing NoFap, I'll finish with this. If you're doing it for wholesome reasons, just for the fun of it, just to see if you can train your discipline, that's all great. That's good. That's what I did at 15 and 16, but we didn't call it NoFap. But if you're doing it because you have a legitimate addiction, I would be either reaching out to older guys with sound minds if you don't have brothers, if you don't have fathers, or even if it's just even if you just shoot me an email at boldoja.com forward slash about or about me, just go to boldoja.com, send me an email, and I'll happily write you out uh, some rituals that I would take my, if I had a son at the time, if I had a younger brother, what I would do with him if he was addicted to NoFap, which would be pretty much just disconnecting him from social media, getting him out, physically active, uh, going for the trip in the mountains, go for a trip uh, down to the beach and just learn to fend for himself essentially and put him through a whole bunch of extremely difficult shit. I'll put him through extremely difficult shit. Daily cold showers, ice baths. I'll be running him through the fucking mill. I'll be putting him up sound dunes. I'll be running him up the hill. I'll be putting him through weight training, etc. Through some sort of martial arts for sure, etc., etc. Okay, hopefully that answers that, my friend. Uh, Moving on. So we go deep on this shit. (laughs) Drop a thumbs up down below if you're enjoying this as well, my friends. Uh, Let's me know you uh, enjoy this content and help send it out to the rest of the uh, YouTube world rest of the nets so the next question comes from kram namu what a name <laughs> i enjoy these names uh kram namu says hey yo guten morgen from vienna so that's german yes maybe i don't know uh best thing to best thing due to at all om- best thing to do i think he means at almost 3 a.m in the morning is watching the atom it's not even a question just some love thanks so much my man i really appreciate you being here Thank you. Majestic Spoxy says, uh, Bye, Adam. I need to do some cold approach before work. Don't mind that hustle. Shout out to you, my friend. Okay, Nice Mac comes in with the next question saying, When I talk to... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't lose that. When I talk to beautiful girls, I can be comfortable only for a couple of minutes. I then retract to being quiet and afraid of what I might said. 
So the English is not amazing there, but let me just recap that. When I talk to beautiful girls, I can be comfortable only for a couple minutes. I then retract to being quiet and afraid of what I might said. So when he says might said, it's either what you might have said or what you might say. I'm not sure because that's grammatically not correct. However, I get the gist of what you're saying. And yes, it's absolutely normal. It's absolutely normal, my friend, uh, Mr. Smack, which is that, yeah, when you're in front of an attractive girl, you're going to have a default if you are not present. If you are unpresent with a girl, your default is to go quiet. Your default is to dive into the deep trenches of your mind to try and think of what to say. And that's when you start getting scared because then you start setting a criteria for success on what you should say to this girl based on something that is within your mind and not something outside of yourself, which completely disconnects you from the girl. So then it's a, it's a self-fulfilling loop in which that, well, I've got to say the good thing, but because I'm not saying the good thing, I'm really afraid. And it's just more fear, more fear, because I need to say the good thing, but it's not coming up. Oh, was that the right thing? Oh, I'm afraid again. Well, if I don't say the right thing the next time, it's just this continuous loop. So you're talking to me about retracting to being uh, quiet and afraid. It's, to me, you're stuck in your mind. If I was to be there, if I was there with you, breaking down your interactions or boot camp, I'd be listening to you. And more importantly, just listening to you, I could just do it by seeing you. I'd be seeing you. If you got one of your friends to film you in an interaction, no doubt your eyes would be not connected with her. This is a straight up, straight up tip. Straight up tip to you guys. The one way to know that you are in your mind and not present with a woman in front of you is that your eyes will be out here. For those of you that are listening to the audio, my eyes just dip to the right. When you are thinking of what to say rather than just saying what you want to say, you do not look the girl in the eyes. Common, just, it's, it's, it's 100%, 100%. It's, it's impossible not to be. Like if when you are present with someone, and I'm not sure, I'm not talking about when, you know, you're taking a moment just to get your, the next word. What I'm saying is that when you're conveying something towards a woman though and you're really there with her, you're looking her straight in the eye. You're just there with her. So for you, uh, Mr. Smack, the first thing I would say is that breathe, just breathe, okay? <laughs> breathe, and what breathing will allow you to do is slow down and realize that actually the girl is not grading the quality of what I'm saying based on how funny, witty, intellectual it is. She's grading it based on how present you are with her. Right? You can be talking about the most mundane of mundane, but if it is infused with your all-time presence, it makes it the most inciting, enthusiastic, I, I, I could talk to you about fucking, I could talk to you about paint drying, but I could make it interesting if I'm really there with you. That's the key there. Oh, shout out to the matcha. Okay, so, da, 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 da. moving down to Infinite Paradox then goes on to say, at Mysteriously Kind, which is that 15-year-old, it's all subjective. If you can't stop fapping, it's the only thing you think about, you might want to try it out, my two cents. Um, nice smack goes, I feel that this generation with all the feminazi slash me too going on, I can't be myself. I'm afraid of getting reprimanded for something I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's a thing for, um, a lot of young guys and which I would say is, uh, fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck the hardcore feminists. Fuck, uh, it's not even just hardcore feminists, although they're definitely a big part of it, but, but fuck Fuck you having to curtail what all men should be doing, which is being direct, congruent, authentic. Forget about anyone who's trying to question your ability to go out and create what you want to create in this life. As long as you are not hurting people, as long as you're doing, thing with doing everything with integrity, uh, fuck him. 
Fuck him. I've I've uh I remember once on the way to a boot camp in Melbourne. On the way to boot camp, it was day one boot camp. I uh, just to get my beak wet. I went. I, I met this. I stopped this girl on the way down the Federation Square in Melbourne. And I stopped this girl, and it was a short interaction, but it was still a good interaction. You know, she she enjoyed it, but she had to get going. Logistical unavailable. But when the interaction ended, and I've spoken about this before on the podcast. There was this dude who was in. I was like on a side, like a, on Swanston Street. For those of you in Melbourne, you know what I'm talking about. And you know, it's like it's a pretty wide open uh, walkway. It's not like it's not particularly tight. I stopped this girl. We're having this conversation, but there was a guy who was standing in a shop front, just in the doorway, and it was just this. Just imagine the white knight of all white knights. Imagine this kind of pot-bellied white. He was literally very white-skinned as well, but kind of glassy. Just, just you, you can tell he's a vegan. <laughs> oh, shout out to my vegan friends. You can tell, like, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. You can just tell these people that just get offended by everything. And he just yells out to me from the doorway at to me, goes, you pig, you absolute pig, you, you disrespecting women, how dare you, how dare you impose your sexual desires on that woman and just, he's just out loud yelling this at me on the street and it's like, I don't know, 11 a.m., there are people and I just like, I just smile and walk away. I just smiled and walk away. What, am I going to now not go and coach my two clients? Or am I now just going to forsake the journey because there's an absolute white knight? Uh, just, just, oh, just, you know, just like his, his, his bitterness. It's like, it stays, like I remember it. It's just funny to me. It's funny, but what I'm saying to you, man, it's like, fuck him. Like that's, that was my, my, uh, my mentality walking away is that he's in a lot of pain. He's in a lot of pain and fuck him as well. It's like when I say fuck him, I mean that with all time compassion, which is that fuck having to curtail knowing that what I'm doing is direct and good and authentic and that woman actually really enjoyed that experience. He just he wasn't in it. He doesn't know. All he's seeing is a man going up to a woman on the street. That's all he's seeing, and because of his belief system, he he deems that is incorrect. Fine, you know, it's like fucking with all time compassion that he's in a lot of pain. He doesn't get it. That's okay. But that's not gonna I'm not gonna allow it to dictate my behavior. So fuck him <laughs> that's how you just give yourself a bit of a joke at the end of it so uh moving down here moving down the q a uh and also for those of you that are in the q a live stream right now please drop a thumbs up if you're enjoying this content if you're watching this in post drop me a comment down below let me know what you think let me know your thoughts have a good time here Had a real good time uh it's beautiful weather outside as well finally summer is coming so Ivan Lopez comes in with his first question saying, kind of, kind out of topic, but I would love to know how you meditate to reach those psychedelic effects. I can only go as far as feeling like floating. Great question, Ivan. Great question. So let me say this right from the beginning. I didn't have my first psychedelic trip through just straight meditation until, hmm, probably I was about 22. And just for perspective, Ivan, I had been meditating up in that point, hardcore meditating as well, every single day, at least twice a day for about 20 minutes each session. So those are just sit-down sessions for about four years. So I started about 18, and I didn't really have my first psychedelic trip uh, until I was about 22, and I remember it quite well. I remember it very well, actually, which is that it was at the Botanical Gardens. Shout out to Jay. We were down there, 
and it was like 38, 39 degrees C. So that's like, I don't know, 105F, 117F, something like that. And all-time humidity as well down here in Adelaide. So it's not just that it's 38, 39 blaring heat, but it's also intense humidity as well, especially the Botanic Gardens because we've got it's like a whole bunch of rainforest down there. So like the, the trees, they bottle the heat in. And we just got done doing a filming session, I believe. I'm not sure why I was wearing pants, but I was. <laughs> I don't know why. We just got done doing a filming session. And it's very, imagine, imagine this bench. Imagine this green bench and an absolute canopy of, I would say, 100 foot, 100 foot trees. And they're just dark green leaf trees that are just something taken out of the Amazon. That's what's so good about Adelaide Botanics, which is why it's actually my number one garden in the entire world. Out of every single garden I've been to in the world, barring Shinjuku, Shinjuku National Garden in Tokyo, uh, that's number two for me. Number one is Adelaide Botanical Gardens, but haven't been to a better garden just for all the different elements. And I just I spend so much time down there. Anyways, all my day two's down there. Shout out to the girls. Anyways, <laughs> we, we're there. We're meditating. Oh, not meditating. We're not even meditating. We just got done doing a filming session. And we're sitting down on these benches. And when you look up at the trees, it's not like the sky is blotted out. It's like the leaves are dark, but little fragments of light. Imagine like a mosaic. It's like looking up at a nature mosaic, where it's just like lights popping in amongst these dark leaves and these like hundred foot trees and it's extreme humidity. And we just, we just sitting there. We're just sitting on the bench and it's just like a quiet moment, Ivan. And I'm just like, I get stuck. And for those of you like, I'm trying to like not, I'm trying, I'm realize the mic's in front of me, but I'm trying to look up at the same time to give you guys on the stream, like what I'm doing is that imagine me on the bench, just like with my arms back and I've just got like my neck just, just cranked up just cranked up like like that, right? Just looking straight up. And I noticed that after about 30 seconds or so of just breathing quite deeply, neither Jay or I are saying anything, just breathing deeply, just absorbing the moment, in a meditation for sure. And all of a sudden I realized that everything's starting to get a bit blurry. Things are starting to get a bit blurry. Like I can no longer tell where lines begin or lines end. Like where I could clearly see that that's a leaf, that's a leaf, that's light, that's light, that's a branch, that's a branch. The branches and the leaves are starting to blend together. And it's only in post looking back that I now know that this is when the trip is starting to begin. And it was, it was purely just of just sitting back just after 30, just for 30 seconds and just staring, just staring, just with no thought. No thought, just staring and breathing, looking at these leaves. And all of a sudden, things start to blur. And then I would I would say for the next five minutes or so, I break out into uncontrollable laughter. And I'm talking about like straight from straight from the ancestors. Like you're, you could hear my ancestors laughing. That I'm just like sitting back, staring up at these leaves. Where This is like a public area as well, by the way. It's not like we're on our own. And we're staring up and... And I think Jay was laughing as well, but I don't really remember. Maybe he was kind of giggling, but I remember myself just staring up at these leaves in this intense heat and humidity. And I, and now it's like, it's like geometric, geometric blending now where it's like, it's not really shapes. Everything's just kind of melt together. It's one just big canopy of light, light mixed in with leaves. And I'm just laughing my absolute ass off. I cannot stop laughing and it's uncontrollable. And I'm not even laughing for any particular, there's nothing funny about it. It's just, I could just literally feel my essence, my spirit of a human being being expressed through laughter 
under the guise of just coming. And I was I entered this state, pure euphoria, straight euphoria, where I just, you know, I, I think about uh, orgasms. I think about true tantric orgasms that I've had with girls. It's in that ballpark. It's in that ballpark. And this is what I'm now looking back on. That was a straight psychedelic trip where for about five minutes or so, I was uncontrollable laughter. It's <laughs> just, just looking at these leaves, looking at these leaves. And we entered that through just being quiet and just just meditating, just meditating. Now, Ivan, I just wanted to paint that story. That was the first ever time I entered a psychedelic trip. Now I can do it almost at will, pretty much at will. Just give me give me five minutes on my own and I'll get there. Because I've just drilled this process. I know what it's like to find that center now. And if to your question of how to enter that state, it took me four years to get there. But the way that I got there was just through daily practice, just daily sitting. And I will say this to wrap up on this point, Ivan, which is that it's not just the daily sitting, which is what I've come to look now in my further development through meditation, which is that, yes, you need 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night is a good time. But if you're new to it, just start five seconds, five minutes. But it's more the daily mindfulness. It's the fact that right now, <laughs> it's the fact that right now, right then, when I just stop talking to you and I look at this microphone right here, I literally just lost myself in the moment. The daily mindfulness, being able to lose yourself in the moment, in every single moment, that I feel produces a far, a far greater effect on your ability to tap into the, what they would refer to as the gap in meditation, as they would refer to, as I would refer to as uh, the clear space, the clean space, space. Just to get into that space, if you imagine two impossible, if you imagine two impossibly large cubes, if you imagine the universe, you're out in deep space and you imagine two impossibly large cubes just made out of ore, just iron ore, and just imagine two of them alongside each other and in between them is just this tiny gap. Imagine they're like thousands of kilometers wide, thousands of kilometers deep and high, impossibly large, two of them, and then in between them, they float in this infinite space and just in between that infinite space, there's you and you're sitting there just hovering in the absolute center. And when you get to that space, then a psychedelic trip is then invited. That's the, that's where if you're looking for a long time, I trained myself with that visualization to get me to let go into a psychedelic trip in which I uh, just, I lose all sense, lose all sense through meditation. And that's just through meditation. Now, that, that took me quite some time. I had to work on it for quite some time. It might happen for you in a week. It might happen for you in a month. It took me about, for the first time, four years to get there. So anyways, we'll wrap that up there. But uh, that's probably, I think I have talked about this before, but not in a long time. So I really appreciate you asking that. It's going to produce a real good piece of content post. So thank you very much, Ivan. All right, for those of you in the live stream, please drop a thumbs up if you're enjoying this content. Uh, drop your comments as well. We've got about half an hour here. I've got about another half an hour to answer your questions and get through here. If you would like to donate to the Super Chat, get your question bumped to the top, donate to the channel. I'll dive in deeper on it for you as well and bring it up. Uh, that'd be most appreciated. So, but uh, da, 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 where are we at here? Nice, Mac. Your message was retracted twice. Uh I, I feel like YouTube does that because I, that happened last time where someone sent me a bit of a backhanded comment and YouTube retracted it. So I'm not sure if you're doing that or if YouTube's doing that. I think YouTube's doing that because they monitor language, I think, or sexual terms maybe. I don't know. 
Anyways, moving down. Ian Keister comes in with his question. Shout out to Ian. Who says, how do you deal with girls that are older and they bring it up as an impediment? Thanks to your videos. Thanks to your videos on that, I'm clear on my mindset. But most of the times, I still have a hard time dealing with it. Okay, so how do you deal with girls that are older and they bring it up as an impediment? So, Ian, correct me if I'm wrong, but... From my experience, the only time I have heard an older woman bring up the age gap as an impediment is when they look at you as a puppy dog. Is this what you're referring to? Are you referring to it as, ah, you know, you try to get out on a day two, or maybe you go in for the kiss on a day two, or even maybe you did get asked the kiss, but you just weren't, you you definitely want to progress it more sexually, you bring her back to your place, or indicating that, you know, we should uh, wind things up tonight and bring her back for the pool. Is it at that stage? Sorry, is that at that stage? That's definitely a potential stage as well where an older woman will say, oh, you know, you know, we're better off just kind of, you know, keeping as friends. You're like, well, that's a bit strange because I can tell you're feeling it. She's like, yeah, but you just, you know, you're a lot younger than me. That's the only time I've, I've at least personally and least of other clients, seen that it has been an impediment for older women in which that they felt like the age gap was too much for them. Is that what you're talking about? How do you deal with girls that are older and they, they, because yeah, you're saying they bring it up as an impediment. It's often because of the puppy dog vibe. So the way that I would deal with that is that I know it's going to sound a bit harsh, which is that, or maybe it's not going to sound harsh, but what I say is that you just kind of just have to deal with it. Like the way that I deal with it is that you have to accept that you are not bringing this girl what she needs. I made a video on this. It was a night session. It was a night session in the kitchen in which that I, what's it called? Advice to virgins. Advice to virgins going out on their first date. And what I said is that you need to bring the very best that you can being a virgin to a girl who's more sexually experienced than you. However, you have to accept it without stepping beyond yourself and without stepping outside yourself here. You also have to accept when a woman makes a decision in her life that you just aren't able to provide her of what she needs. You bring the best that you can, but in the event that the best that you brought isn't what she needs, accept it and move on. For, for some girls, for some girls where, and for older women that are seeing your age gap as an impediment, the first thing I would do is that I'd really dive in. I'd really dive in and see if it's legit or not. The way that I'd say it was legit is that she might just be saying that because she's nervous at the time. And if she is nervous at the time, we'd loop. So if those of you that know my system, if you've got the Toolbox to Game ebook, if you're just one of my bootcamp clients, we'll loop. So if she brings that up early in an interaction, the way that we loop is that we acknowledge uh, her uncomfortability, we acknowledge her uh, logical objection, which is that, oh, you know, you're a bit too young for me, you're a bit, I'm a bit too old for you. She normally say you're a bit too young for me. You acknowledge it. Number one, at the top of looping here, acknowledge it. Oh, okay, so you feel like I'm a little bit too young for you. Then looping, part two, is that you redirect back to wherever you were. Acknowledging her logical objection reduces the pressure. Loop back to wherever you were in the interaction. If you're in qualification, you just loop back to qualification. Oh, so when it, for an, an easier example to understand would be, girl says, oh, I gotta go meet my friends. Oh, you gotta go meet your friends anyways. So I was feeling this about you. Now, for those that are not deep in cold approach, for those that have no experience, for those that would even just look at that on paper, it makes no sense. It's like you didn't even address what she just said. No, I addressed it. It's just that I recognize that right now, if she's still standing in front of me, that's coming out of nerves. That's not legit. If she really had to go meet her friend, she'd be go meeting her friend. 
right? And guys who don't uh, go out never get this. So anyways, and for most of most of the time, a girl who's nervous, it just manifests as these logical objections. And the only way to be able to decipher it is that you just calm her down by acknowledging it and then looping back. If a girl really has to go, she won't be there in front of you. So, because you're not keeping her there. And that's the beauty of day game cold approach or just being direct in general. You're not keeping her there. You don't need her to be here. So anyways, it with Ian. If it's coming up early in interaction, that's how you decipher if it's just coming out of nerves. If it's just coming out of nerves and she says, oh, you're a little bit too young for me, right? Then I'd say it's like, oh, you feel like you're, you feel like I'd actually make a lot of fun about it. It's like, well, how old do you think I am? Or how old are you? If, if age hasn't come up, I'll poke at her. She's like, yeah, you're a bit of a grandma, aren't you? Right? I'll put it straight back on her because we're in qualification, no doubt at that stage. If it's further into, into the interaction though, that's when you might want to start to look at what I was talking about before in which that she genuinely just wants an older dude. She just wants an older dude. However, I would I would say you're more in danger and younger guys are more in danger of ruling themselves out of sexual interactions with older women because they don't feel like they're enough. And that's a whole different topic, but I've got a great video on that called Why Younger Men Should Date Older Women went off as well. Search that on the channel. That's more the danger. It's it's, it's actually, I'd say I'd say it's 90-10. I'd say it's most of the time, it's that younger dudes rule themselves out of interactions of older women and they create problems because of their self-limiting beliefs. It's For the most part, an older woman loves the attention of a young buck. For the most part, an older woman loves the energy. She loves the voraciousness. She loves the aggressiveness of this spry, this spry young young cub. Right? Most women, older women do actually enjoy that. It's only... It's only older women that maybe have been through some experiences with younger dudes that they got burnt by, maybe be a little bit little bit jaded, then she wants an older dude. Okay, fair enough. That's what I'll look at first though, Ian, okay? Ah, uh, let's keep moving down. Mm-mm. Join the session right here. So Jose, Jose comes in. Jose Pablo Fuentes Solis. Hopefully I'm saying that. It's my best at a... Uh, Spanish accent. <laughs> hey, Adam, last year I had a very good drive. What? <laughs> what are we talking about here? So, hang on. Last year I had a very good drive. This year, not so much. Okay, so I interpret that as you went on a really good drive. I think you mean like you had very good drive as in motivationally. I hope I'm getting that correct. I also feel away from my masculine energy. What's your opinion when someone used to have this handled but then went wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think what he's trying to say is that he had good drive in terms of motivation and he feels like he's getting away from his masculine energy. What's your opinion on when someone used to have this handled but then went wrong? My opinion would be is why? Why do you feel like you've gotten away from your masculine energy? That's number one. And number two, so this is what I'd be saying to you is that you need to go into your night on your own. You need to spend a night on your own with your journal and ascertain this for yourself. No one else can tell this for you which is that I would ascertain why you feel like you are lacking masculine energy. Is it purely biological? Is it a physical thing? Is it that you literally just have low levels of testosterone? That's the case for a lot of guys. If you stop training, stop physically training, you stop eating well, you stop sleeping right, that will tank your testosterone. You will feel like you are drained of masculine energy for sure. Or not even just all masculine beings, all beings in general to have balanced hormones must be physically training must be eating well, must be sleeping right. These are just three core pillars that go for all human beings and that have gone for all human beings for our entire development over the last 300,000 years. So I'll check those three things first biologically. I would go get a blood test. 
I'll go get a blood panel done with a doctor that can look at your levels. Address the, I'll address that first. Then psychologically, because if you know, if you get, if all your test results come back, Jose, uh, saying that uh, you're actually fine, there's no problem with you physically, then I'll look at it psychologically in which I go, mm, okay, at what stage did I feel like this masculine energy started to dip away? If not, and that's in post, looking back in retro, but then also what, what do I think right now, what scenarios right now are causing me to feel like my masculine energy is not there? I would look at when does this appear? What is it? Is it at the coconut oil? Is it? Is it when I'm getting my coconut oil and I'm with that girl? Is it just in everyday scenarios? I'd be looking at when it pops up. When does it aggressively rear its head? And then you can start to ascertain if it's an external situation that is putting it on you, and you're just caving to that. I'll then beyond that look at my experience level. I'll look at how immersive I've been in the last uh, thirty days, the last sixty days. How much, how much experience do I have getting in front of girls that I'm seriously attracted to and getting to refine and getting to even just know myself through that? Now, I'll look at those things first. Go. Mm-mm. All right. Yes. For those of you in this live stream, thank you very much for being here. Drop a thumbs up down below. Appreciate that. If you're watching this in post, it really helps, helps the video to rank up if you drop a comment in post. Uh, and actually that, that was much better last time on the last session. So thank you so much. Mm, I'm enjoying this. We're going hot. I'm, I get in danger of losing my, th- losing my voice during some of these sessions. Cause we, uh, I forget to, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> I like a kid on Christmas morning. I gotta take a breath. <laughs> okay. So moving down here, uh, nice smack. Another message retracted. And mysteriously kind, a message retracted. So that must be YouTube retracting them. You guys must be talking about some risky business. Okay, so Kram Namur says the 30-day challenge is the holy grail. Absolutely. It's the holy, day, it's the holy grail of self-awareness. Not the, holy day, not the holy grail because it's going to do for you what it did for me. I've never made that promise to anyone because it's so subjective. It's just that what it will do for you, for sure what it did for me, is that it will give you the clarity. The 30-day challenge, which is why it's the first port of call for all my clients, for anyone and anyone I ever talk to ever in this space, is that you need to know yourself. You need to get to know yourself in the front of other people, in the face of other people, in the fire of immensity that we know is cold approach. And you need to do that immersively. Once you do that, that's like step one. And then we have a body of work to look on and see how we're going to approach the rest of your journey. That's why it's the holy grail. Not because you're guaranteed results of success it just so happens that a 30-day challenge also comes with a lot of those things as well um ian says gotta go back to work but i leave one more mysterious uh yes moving on ian says here do you think that at any point of the journey you can get to a place where after breaks from intense in quotes day game and quotes you can just come back and not have to deal with the in quotes fear in quotes barrier of approaching again Yes, absolutely. This is what I call coming full circle. 100% Ian. I'm just, your mess, your question has kind of two parts to it. So I'm just kind of breaking it down in my mind. The first part of it that if you've taken a, is there any point in the journey where if you've taken a long time off day game, you just come back and not have to deal with the fear of approaching? Yeah, absolutely. Ian, this is, uh, I did a whole potter on this, did a whole potter on this to, for my boy Nia. Uh, shout out to Nia if you're watching this in post. Is it, what is it? is it i feel like i want to get it up i want to i just it's i know it's 
it's not it's not that new it's not that new hold on i don't want to watch my own live stream here uh i'm just going to get it up it was a live it was not a live stream it was a podcast i did let me just get to the channel here it was a podcast i did on how it was like how chill guys going out at night something like that chill guys going out at night and i talked about coming full circle I just, I th- I'm going to get it for you here because, listen, we're here, we'll do it, I'll do it, and it'll be there for post. I'm just going to say what it is, Dealing with Dark Demons, The Day Gamer's Guide to Night Game. Is it that one? Or it was maybe not that old. It's either The Day Gamer's Guide to Night Game. Actually, it could be that. It could be The Day Gamer's Guide to Night Game, which is Potto, which is Potto, uh, BDP, hashtag 77, or it's a little bit further up in... I'm just saying because actually I think it's that. For some reason I think it's that. Listen, uh, Ian, in post, it's either that Potter or it's a one a little bit further down on chill guys going out at night, which I'm wearing a hoodie in. I think. Yeah, so it's either BDP fifty nine, which is tips for chill guys going out at night. Actually, I don't think it's that old though. So I actually do think it's the uh bdp 77 the day gamers guide to night game it's one of those two but basically the reason why just in case if you go want to go back and check it is that i talk about coming full circle a lot in one of those and to answer your question here is that can you take get to a place in your journey where it is full circle where you don't have to uh be so goddamn scared and have that massive fear barrier after just taking a month or three months off and then you could go back and meet new girls absolutely and where do I want to go with this? So my mind goes with this so many ways. I called it painting the wall in that potter. Is that there's a stage in the journey. Oh, that's right. I use the clock face. I'll go with that one. That's my favorite analogy for it, which is that in the journey, in from 12 o'clock to three o'clock, you are in the beginning stages in which that you are, you are essentially at that stage, unconsciously incompetent. You don't know how bad you are. You don't even know that you don't know at that point. And it's just from getting from 12 to three is getting yourself into a form of conscious incompetence in which that you at least know what this shit's about, but you're still not very good at it, okay? From three to six is when now you actually start to become consciously competent at this. You start to refine your skill set. You start to work on these things. And in which that, you know, actually, well, I'm actually starting to get a handle on this. However, it's not unconscious. You still have to go out every single day. You have to be on point with your opening. You have to be on point with your qualification, on point with your investment, on point with your closing. And you have to be very conscious about it. That's when you start to drill, kind of getting through that from three to six on the clock phase, three to six, if not working through to six through to nine as well. And what I'd say is that it's almost like you could, for some people's journeys, it is three through to nine for that. But definitely from nine to 12 is when you really start to become unconsciously competent in which that in this journey and what it means to be able to go out to a girl any day, anytime, anywhere, yeah, three months off, yeah, 12 months off, it doesn't matter. You're going to be able to bring the best of your, maybe not the very best of your 50, but a very high quality standard of your 50. That's that unconscious. That's when you can know, you know this shit so well, you've drilled so well to the point where Listen, you could take me through 24 hours of flight travel. You could take me through uh, just sleep deprivation, whatever it is, and I know exactly what to do in front of a woman, and you get to that stage. That's full circle. That's one way of putting it. The other way of putting it is painting the wall. When you first start this journey, it's just learning what tool do I do I use this paintbrush? Do I use this paint? 
once you get that sorted, do I paint this way? Do I paint within the lines? And for newbies, you need that structure. You need to have the, you need a stencil. You need the stencil of where to paint, which is what I used in that potter. And you have to paint within the lines. It's very robotic though. And a very big part of the journey is learning to do away with the stencil, learning to do away with the structure and learning to just paint as you go and just throw the paint at the wall and just paint outside the lines. And that is that unconscious competence, right? And that's, so there's two different ways of looking at it there to sort of throw you two things. And how do you get there is probably your question. How you get there, it's going to be, I can't give you an exact time frame, but the process is the same for everyone, which is that you just work towards unconscious competence. How long that takes you is based on you. For my clients that go through initial initial day game foundations bootcamp, if they were a five and above, they can pretty much get to that place with a 30-day challenge hardcore done under my guidance for sure. If they're five and under, it's going to take a lot longer time. That's where I'm going to give you this caveat that I can never really say for you how long it's going to take. But the way that there's only one way of getting there, which is through immersive action, right? And why most people don't get there is because of two things. Action-based, they never truly put in enough work. They never put in enough work. They They never did five to 10 interactions every single day for 30 days and actually got themselves to the place where and also following a system, by the way. I'm not even saying you have to follow my system. It's just that, obviously, I find my system probably the most efficient and effective that I've ever seen, That based on the people I've worked with. That's why I use it. However, you could go see it. You could go with anyone's system. But a lot of guys I know will go out and put in tremendous amounts of action, but they're doing the incorrect actions. So you have to be doing the correct actions, right? But they never put in enough work, right? So there's that. You have to put in the right work. But at the same time, you also have to relinquish this idea of doing day game. And this is the coming full circle, which is, uh, I want to shout out to Soul here. Shout out to Soul, one of my clients, who I would consider probably one of my most successful clients. Who beyond the day game, uh, in our advanced boot camp together, we did both day and night. That's an absolute slog. Three day boot camp, just day, night, day, night, day. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, I take him through... This analogy, it's an analogy I use called crossing the river, which is a Zen term used in Buddhism. But it's the same thing here, which is that, Ian, in order to truly get to the place in which that, you can just step out. You step out, you see that girl getting your coconut oil, going down that aisle, and you just see her, and it doesn't matter whether you've been in an immersive period it doesn't matter whether you've been meeting 10 girls a day for the last 30 days or you haven't met a single girl in the last three years. It doesn't matter. I hate three years is excessive, but it doesn't, it's still, the principle applies. It doesn't matter because you no longer see this as day game. Most people, most guys in this journey never get full circle. They can get themselves 12 to 3. They can get themselves 3 to 6. They can get themselves 6 to 9, but they'll never get from 9 to 12 because they hold on to the raft Right? When they're crossing this river, they hold on to the raft known as day game, which is that they will forever see themselves as doing pickup. They forever see themselves as being a pickup artist who's going out there to do cold approach. And it is that raft which they needed. You need that raft. It is a necessary, it's a necessary raft. I refer to it as the necessary evil. You need that because that's the structure. 
That's the structure that will take an absolute newbie who has no fucking idea about what it means to go up to a random attractive woman on the street in a club and to be able to bring the best of his 50. He needs that structure. For me to just say, say to him, hey, go be your best self. It's not going to work. When girls say, hey, just be yourself, right? It's not going to work. They need structure. They need to know open qualification investment clothes. But if you forever see yourself and forever see yourself on this raft of doing pickup, doing day game, then that will forever hold you back and chain you down from ever having the freedom of choice in your dating life to just be out there and to no longer see it as day game, but to now just see it as I see a girl, I like her, and I'm going to go meet her. For all my clients, this is always the end game. The end game is that we do away with pickup. That pickup, that term, should never come out of your mouth anymore, seriously. It should never be used in reference to yourself that I'm now doing pickup. For all my clients that come full circle and go end game, it's that we just meet girls now. I always say this at the end of boot camp, when we're finished up after two intense days, I always say, listen, the way that I know you've been doing work, and when we get done in the 12 weeks post, because that's what it is, like after boot camp, it's not like see you later. It's like, okay, we've got four weeks, you've got a 30 day challenge straight after boot camp. First Skype session, four weeks. Second Skype session, eight weeks. Third at 12 weeks. By 12 weeks, if you do all the correct actions and they aren't fapping about and you actually get the work done, what you should see happen is that you let go of the raft known as day game and now we just go out and meet girls. And I always say this to them. I want to give you an analogy. Oh, not even an analogy, just an example. When I come into a city, when I come into a city and some of the guys that I know in that city, I know that I'm coming to that city and they hit me up on the ground, they send me a message, say, Adam, it would be great to catch up, et cetera, et cetera, especially in some cities I spend a lot of time with, time in, such as Melbourne, et cetera. And uh, as I received two messages, I get a message from a guy that says, yo, man, you want to catch up for lunch? Just kick it. Let's chill. Get a message from that guy, or I get a message from another guy saying, hey man, do you want to go out and do some day game? Do you want to go out and uh, do some cold approach? Go do a sesh. Let's do a sesh, brah. And I always say to my clients, this is when we're sitting there in debrief on the end of day two, I say to them, now, which one do you think I'm more likely to go with? Which one do you think I'm more, more likely to say yes with? They always say to me at that stage, uh, probably the day game session, right? You'd probably go with the day game session, right? Because we just got done doing two immersive days a day. And I said to them, no, I, am li- I don't want to do that at all. In fact, that doesn't even compute in my mind. Day game, I don't do, what is day game? In, if you were to step into my being at this point, day game doesn't exist anymore. Pickup doesn't exist anymore. These are terms I have to use to relate to you guys. These are terms I have to use to relate to my clients. So I will use them and I'll use that structure. And I honor that structure. I honor that that was my journey. I honor that the day game skill set and having to go out for 30-day challenges, et cetera, et cetera, and do this extremely necessary evil-based shit to get me there, but I don't hold on to that raft anymore, Ian. I let go of that raft a long time ago because I realized that by only holding on to the pickup facade, the, 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 pickup, the pickup wrapping, the pickup raft, I could never cross the river. You only get 80% of the way across that river which you'll see some tremendous shit along that journey. But if you truly want to get across the river, you have to let go of that raft. You have to let go of it. So I say, this guy, I'd rather just go, the guy that I'm going to hang out with, that I would want to spend my time with, Adam nowadays, would be the guy that says to me, hey man, you want to go and just kick it? 
let's get some lunch. And then we will go and meet girls on the way to lunch. I'll meet a girl on the way to seeing, getting lunch with my boy. If Once we're done with lunch and we're just checking out some clothes in H&M or we're in Zara or whatever, walking out the mall, he sees a girl, he's going to go meet her. He's not doing day game though. He sees a girl and he meets her. If, I, if we're on the way to the botanics, we're going for a botanic chill session, say a girl I like, I go meet her. I'm not doing day game at that point. I just see a girl I like and I go and meet her. Now, that is not the advice I would give to 19-year-old Adam. No way, he hasn't earned that. He hasn't crossed the river. He hasn't got nearly that far on the river. He needs the raft. He needs to go out on sessions. He needs to have a 30-day challenge that is routine, that is structured, that is schemed out to help him achieve, to make sure he walks the tight walk, that he walks the good road and the good path. But at a certain point, if he's under my guidance and I recognize in his journey, hey man, you got your skill set handled. Right? You know open qualification investment clothes off as if as if I could literally put you on cryo-freeze, knock you out, re-wake you up in three years' time, and you'd still know how to do it. I could put you on sleep sleep deprivation for 48 hours. I could feed you nothing. I could starve you, put you on fasting. I could take you to another country, and you would still be able to go out on the street, see a girl, open coffee cash investment clothes, nailed. If you are at that stage, you no longer need to hold on to the raft known as pick-up, day game, night game. It's... Because that's only holding you back. It's that attachment that holds you back. In order to fully evolve, come full circle. And to wrap up in your question, I know we went deep, but it's a real it's a real thing for me. Which is that the end game is that you use pickup as a raft to help develop your social dynamics, but then you let it go. And you become a fully actualized and evolved man that no longer needs to do pickup or game, that can now just see a woman in the coconut oil aisle and go and meet her. That's it. If otherwise, why the fuck did you get in the journey? Like, did you get in the journey to, to be forever a pickup guy? Like, no, no. These guys that just can't let go of the raft, they form an identity around it. Fuck that. I'm I'm a normal guy, right? I'm not. That's why I've, you would never ever hear me. You could not, in the 300 plus videos I've done, in the, in the hundreds and thousands of hours of content, you will never once hear me refer to myself as a PUA. I've never once labeled that. I've never once given that as a title, never in any of my marketing, never, nowhere on my channel will you ever find that in my website because I've never, it's like, I've let go of, it's like, no, <laughs> no, I'm just a guy. If like now I'm more than just a guy, I'm a social dynamics coach because it extends well beyond that. But even when I was in the beginning of the journey, I always hated that identity. It's not, it's nothing to be proud of. You know, it's something to use and then let go of. That's it. Okay, so, Moving up through the uh, to the live chat here. Now, guys, I just want to thank all of you that are in the live stream right now. I do have to dip out in about three or five minutes. So if I have not answered your question yet, this will be the time right now to do a super chat to get a bump to the top. However, I'm going to have to uh, dive out real soon. So I'm going to take the next one. Um, we'll probably have time for maybe one or two more questions before I have to dip. I've got things to do. We've been almost gone for, we've probably been getting close to an hour and a half here. So uh, I'm going to go to the next question. And where are we at? But that was a great question. Thank you, Ian. Uh, let me just, just check in this chat here. Let me get here. And yeah, if you guys are in the live stream, please drop a thumbs up down below. I'd really appreciate it. Helps send it out. Helps get it bumped up to, uh, 
the rest of the YouTube world. And if you're watching this in post, drop me a comment down below. Let me, show, let me know what you're thinking about this. So, uh, next question, which will probably make the final question here. Um, I'm just trying to find my plays in here. Oh, here we go. Kevin B. Sorry I'm late, Adam. Member at CrossFit Gym doesn't stop talking. <laughs> well, welcome, Kev. Welcome. Um, if you are a fitness professional like I am, uh, what are your thoughts on dating clients? Boom. That's it. That's the final question we'll do uh, because I do have to literally get going. So uh, for those of you that didn't get your question answered, uh, save them. Come back next week. Uh, or if, if you want, you can hit me up on the gram. I can find time there. But if you, if you want to hit in the live stream. Also, I'm, I am just going to screenshot some of these right here. Capture. Boom. Hopefully that didn't make too much noise. Uh, just getting screenshots of these anyways, just for my own benefit. But yeah, Kevin Bees is the last question here because I do have to dip out. So, uh, yes, Kevin says, if you're a fitness professional, which I once was, uh, which well, I can certainly relate, uh, what are your thoughts on dating clients? <laughs> so we used to deal with this all the time in the uh, PT room, Kev, which is that uh, big no-no, huge no-no. Huge no-no because you do not mix business or pleasure. Uh, if you blur those lines, things get, not only do you create a bad reputation for yourself, uh, if you're working in the same environment, shit spreads, reputation spreads. And if girls talk for sure, and if you're dating one of your clients, it might be good then, but if you break up for whatever reason, it could be a great breakup. It, it could not even be a breakup for the fact that you guys didn't even get in a relationship together, but you just, uh, for whatever reason, you just separated, right? Shit spreads, reputation spreads and it, fuck. And that line get that line gets blurred between, well, just like in Seinfeld, is she paying you for training or is she paying you for sex? Like, which what's going on here? Which one's out of here? It's just like that Seinfeld episode of uh, Jerry's. Uh, he's diddling the maid. He's got a maid. He's got a maid, but he's also uh, he's also having sex with her. Is he paying for the cleaning or is he paying for sex? Yeah, it's a similar thing. Is so uh, when we were. All the PTs, we would all talk about this in the gym, which is that, uh, no, you do not date clients. That's a recipe for disaster. And it also extrapolates to pretty much every other every other aspect of human interaction if you have clients. Like whether it's the business world or whether it's uh, uh, other health practitioners or whatever, you, your physio or um, you're even just an accountant. You do not date clients because it blurs the lines too much. I would not recommend it. Uh, yeah. I'll wrap it up there. That's a good quick uh, quick question there. Uh, I'm just trying to think of if I ever dated a client. No, no, I actually, for, for I did get into a relationship with several potential clients, but I made that decision then and there that I was not going to take them as a client and that I made that hard decision because it just gets too messy, far too messy. I, I've seen some bad bad examples of girls wanting, you know, like refunds on packages, refunds on money because they felt that, you know, you, you blurred the line too much. Like, but I was your girlfriend and I shouldn't have been paying for this. You know, no, none of that shit. None of that shit. So guys, this is where I have to wrap up. Uh, I said at the beginning of the stream, we're really on time for an hour and a half today. And yes, we've just gone over an hour and a half. So this has been a great session. Actually, a lot of, a lot of deep stuff, a lot of stuff came after that NoFap. And for those of you that are just kind of tuning in towards the end, there was hate absolute heat dropped on what you should do if you have not had sex in the past three years should you be seeing a prostitute always go back to the beginning of this watch this this is going to be made available straight afterwards for the youtubers i'm going to uh as i did uh started this week i stripped the audio from this potter 
and I go ahead and upload it straight podcast. So that will be available on podcast probably sometime before the end of the weekend. And if you if you didn't get your question answered this week, come back next week and uh, drop it down there. And yeah, we just got to wrap up from here. Got to get going. Got the day to go. It's eleven thirty uh, here, eleven thirty three here in Adelaide. Got shit to do, clients to handle. So I thank you guys so much for being here. If you did enjoy this session, drop a thumbs up down below. Drop your comments in post on your feedback on this session. And uh, the NoFap as well. NoFap for a 15-year-old. That's a really important one. I'm probably going to want to cut up as well. So yeah, I'd love your feedback. And we'll be back the same time next week. Thank you very much for being here, my friends. Um, how do you... <laughs> I'm still learning how to stop a stream. Here we go. Thank you very much for being here, my friends. I really appreciate it. I wish you the absolute best in your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Yeah. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one, just on YouTube at The Bowl every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be doing this at 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, converted to your city, of course. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at bulldozer.com or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment, that'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30 day challenge, you'll be sweet. Also, booking one on one Skype coaching, where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a Bowl Insider, which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well, which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the Bowl Insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your dating life, be anywhere and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps. You can sign up for those at allatboldojo.com. Also, if you would like to donate to this podo, you can do so by donating anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. And anything you guys do donate is so tremendously appreciated. It's, uh, it blows my mind. So thank you so much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.